tons more from the Harden trade. Is this really a smart move for the Clippers? We'll look at it more from the Philly perspective as well. And as Victor Wembenyama and the Spurs get a big comeback win over the Suns, will it be a short rebuild for them in San Antonio? It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown NBA Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Oh, we are here for you every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes twice a day when something like the James Harden trade uh, goes down. Shout out to Nick Angstead and Matt Moore for for doing doing work at like 3 in the morning podcasting. Uh, And we're here to clean up the bits and pieces here on this Wednesday show. We're your regular Wednesday hosts. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. I was enthralled at 2 a.m. when Woj drops drops the tweet and just holds the follow through. Just like, come on, Shams. Where are you, buddy? I'm just going to hold this follow through up here. That shot just pure Half hour, nothing going on. Just where are you, buddy? Where are you? And do you uh, think he was he was like panicking? Like I gotta get this out. Like they had the graphic and everything, and it was like he knew Shams. Oh, he knew he yeah. had it first. Like he knew he had it first, and he's like, you know, every second matters. Getting this out earlier. You know what that was? You did just you, you saw that Jokic pass. Remember when the, the Jokic pass from a couple days ago? where he's like inbounding and he threw the alley-oop to Aaron Gordon, three-quarter court from out of bounds. That was Woj. That was Woj. Like, come on, come on. Give me the graphic. Give me the graphic. Boom. And he hits that beautiful pass. And it's like, yeah, I'm just going to let this sit here for a little bit. It was wonderful. Uh, we'll yeah, talk about- he didn't have the details yet. It yeah. was still he trying was to like- probably get him. Yeah. But, but I mean, in the, in the battle of Woj versus Shams, it's, it was, that one this was one like, was big. Like this is a big check mark for Woj there. I think yeah, like yeah, big was, one in his column. That was a thirty-five to twelve quarter in favor of Woj. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Wemby, uh, Mister Slenderman, uh, later on in the third segment. We're going to spend the first couple of segments uh, here on this James Harden trade. It's so funny, Jake. Oh, he takes his time getting to Philly. He takes his time with all of that stuff. But the instant he's traded to LA, he's there ready for the first. He's like walking into the arena for the first game, gets his way. And he walks into the, he's right there, shows up immediately. Uh, it's funny to see all the graphics out there. It's, it's kind of crazy to see all of the faces and the names, but let's start with the biggest question. How smart a move is this really Jake for the Clippers? So we're going to start with today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Okay. <laughs> okay. Back to James Harden. You know, it didn't have to laugh so much to give away that you're bailing me out on that. that intro. I'm sorry. That one was... Uh... <laughs> you're just like, hey, you know what, buddy? I know you just dropped that ball. In front, of, like, like open no, layup. Excited. Like, it speaks to our excitement like, oh, and our love of the NBA here. Of right. like, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, this is not. A, so, a okay. damn question, Jake. 
Yeah, okay. So Harden and the Clippers here. I have two minds about this because Harden isn't full-on washed yet. Look, he led the league in assists. He had a couple of 40-point games in the playoffs, right, against your 76ers and then did nothing else. There's still some talent there, and it's one of those things of if you put him in a situation that he's, like, purely happy in, do you actually get the best version of him instead of, like, sulking, not going to show up, won't even let me on the team playing James Harden? And if this is – he's getting what he wanted here. So in theory – you should get a pretty good version of him and one that doesn't have to carry a team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Russell Westbrook there. The flip side of this, though, is when you look at the Clippers as a whole, right, you have one guy that's won it all in Kawhi Leonard twice, and then you have three guys, Harden, Westbrook, and Paul George, who are really good and who have done who've had a bunch of playoff disappointments. And that is an expensive team where three out of your big four are playoff disappointment people, right? Playoff P is a joke, and we make jokes about it for a very big reason. That's terrifying if I were to run an NBA team. You are, this is like hope is a plan, you know, and usually the phrase is like hope is not a plan, and they're just hoping that this works without really any evidence that it should or will work, and that's kind of scary. But if you're Steve Ballmer and you're also opening the new Ballmer Arena, you know, next year, what, what else are you supposed to do other than put as much of an entertainment aspect of it on the court with big name players that are 10 time all stars, former MVPs, all of those things. So because you're opening this to this hugely expensive arena next year, yeah, run run this back, which is what they're going to do. Harden's a free agent but doesn't mean that the on-court success is actually going to work. At least you get some big names to hopefully, you know, sell that place out night in, night out. I am not optimistic about this move. I think this is, this is a bad move. Betting on James Harden is a bad bet. The Rockets did it when he was in his prime and okay, it worked out well, but not well enough. Okay, fine. They wanted to rebuild, so he wanted out. Okay, I'm I'm going to give Harden the benefit of the doubt on that one. He doesn't want to go through a rebuild. Why would he? He wanted out. Fine. Goes to Brooklyn. That does that dissolves right. And and you can say maybe I'm not going to give him quite the benefit of the doubt, but Kyrie is the bigger culprit, right? Kyrie is the bigger culprit, so he he gets the lion's share of the blame. But Harden is still Harden. All right, so he forces his way to Philly. That doesn't go. That goes well enough, but not. It's still well enough in that. Yes, he did lead the league in assists, and he did have a decent regular season. But then what? It's 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 the same old stuff. Harden has because he's super talented. Because he's one of the most immensely talented players we've seen. Is is still good enough. Just regardless of his shape, regardless of his motivation, he's still good enough to win some games in the regular season. He hasn't he hasn't won much in the playoffs. Uh, even in that series against Boston, he had a couple of good games. He won the first game without without uh, Embiid, and he closed out. Uh, what was it, game five, game six? Where yeah, I think so. Shot. Um, but then game seven, it was game five that he hit that shot. The Celtics came back and won game six. Tatum had a crappy game, and then he had a big fourth quarter. And then game seven, he's just like nowhere. Embiid was nowhere and whatever. Anyway, regardless, he's older. He doesn't have a good history. 
And what Balmer did, what the the Clippers did was just kind of say, all right, fine. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, it's we're so invested in you and you guys want it. Fine. We'll do it. Um, that's that to me, you're letting you're you're letting the inmates run the asylum. And that's not going, that's not going to work well. Players shouldn't be GMs. And so I I think they've they I don't want to say gutted their team, but they they're they're betting heavily on their top four. And it's a it's a top four that hasn't paid off on a lot of bets. Yeah, you know, I, I don't mind the players that they gave up, right? Like Batum's really the only rotation yeah. guy that was involved in that. Yeah. Like that does to me doesn't really matter. Like who who cares? He's the only one that'll get minutes, I think, for the Sixers. I'll say this. The the most telling thing about this trade is that you would think that if you add you know, a former league MVP, 10-time All-Star, and James Harden to your roster, you would immediately be, like, the title favorites. Per FanDuel, the Clippers are only fifth in terms of, like, favorites to win the NBA title. They're nowhere close. They're nowhere close to the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not even that close to the Denver Nuggets, right? Like, they're more than double behind the Phoenix Suns. That says something here. If like you, this is the move you make and you jump to fifth best and you're not even close to the top four. This should feels like it should move the needle more and it just doesn't. And everyone's just kind of out on this, right? Like the picks are the picks. Like that's more than, you know, they probably needed to give up for James Harden, but I think they just did this to get the deal done right now. So like, it's fine. It is what it is. I don't mind the trade in terms of like value for either side, but it's just, yeah, this doesn't feel like it's going to work. Is this the most boring big name trade we've yeah, ever had? That's a good way to put it. It's just like a it's like blah. It's like mid, right? To use nothing. what the kids say. It's mid. Yes. It means like nothing. Mid. Like there's nothing to this deal. What okay, so so the Clippers get hardened, but let let's look at it re- realistically. And the guys did a good job talking about this yesterday, but okay, it does take some of the pressure off of Kawhi and Paul George. So that that's good. That is a good thing. It pushes Westbrook to a bench role because you're not going to have him play off the ball. That, <laughs> We've learned that doesn't work. <laughs> that, that's not going to work. So he has to come off the bench. I, I just, I, I don't think when the fourth quarter comes around and it's, you know, it's time to start figuring out who the, the hierarchy, hierarchy again, it's, it's just not going to go well. Harden's going to start to sulk again. He's like, no, this isn't what I expected. And I, I just I don't feel like that attitude that he brings. Forget all the basketball X's and O's. What Harden brings to a locker room, that's it, it, it doesn't matter. If if Kevin Durant couldn't keep it in check, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard aren't going to keep it in check. And so I'm just going to leave that there. We'll pick it back up here on the other side with the um with, with the conversation. More more on this and what's next for the 76ers. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You want to take advantage of a good deal? I got a great deal for you. If you're a new customer, you want to sign up to play FanDuel, get your $150 in bonus bets. All you got to do is place a $5 bet, $5 money line bet. If you win, you get $150 on top of what you win with your money line bet. You get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, which I know a lot of people are, as it becomes legal in more and more states, if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, 
there's no better time to get into the action. The the beauty of FanDuel is look, if you if you have a little extra in the game, maybe you're paying attention a little bit more, you're having a little bit more fun. There's plenty of ways to to play spreads, player props, over-unders, um, all the sports that you want, NBA, NFL, World Series, which is just about over, but you still have time, all of that stuff. But FanDuel also has these tools that allow you to just you can set the safeguards, right? So you you don't have to give in. I know, I know people have, have qualms, but if you want to set yourself up with some safeguards, you can do that and you can have some fun. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, start off the NBA season here, get into the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Just ask you, use those safeguards. They're there for you. FanDuel is, is helping you out. They want you to be safe and fun and just have a good time. So please gamble responsibly. Thank you so much for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. Go check out Lockdown Clippers. Go check out Lockdown Sixers. They've got this thing covered. You want to see what the fans, what the inside information is on each side? Lockdown Clippers, Lockdown Sixers. So, to Jake, to finish up my, my point there about the Clippers, um, I'm not going to go out so far as to say they they sapped their depth, but they did give up rotation guys, um, and and it's going to be interesting to, to see how that that works nothing, like you said, nothing moves the needle. I'm not convinced that that Harden is going to come out here and be a closer for them. Um, the guys yesterday made a good point. Like, Hey, maybe Kawhi gets to take a little bit more of the regular season off and he gets to kind of cruise a little bit. And that's the yeah, impact. But that's been their problem. Some of the time too, right? They, a couple of years ago in the playoffs, they looked like they didn't know each other, that they hadn't been on a team for the whole year because yeah. they hadn't played together in the regular season. Like I get you, you want him healthy for the postseason, and he wasn't last year, but I don't, I, I don't know. Like you need some team chemistry so they don't look like they're a bunch of, you know, strangers out there on the court. I guess I'm just out on the Clippers. I think that's what I'm boil, what it boils down to. I'm out on the Clippers as a as a true contender, and I don't think Harden changes my mind. About that's that. what I wanted to ask. Were you out on them before this trade? I was already? out on them. Before. Okay, yeah, that's I was out fair on them to say. Before, and Harden doesn't change that for me. So yeah. I guess that that's where I, that's why I'm sound so pessimistic because I was just kind of done with them, and this doesn't. I don't think Harden's a game changer. Yeah, that's I think a fair thing. I like I don't mind the trade for them. You know, those picks aren't going to ultimately matter. The, the rotation players are to me are blah. So it's like fine, do this, but it's just I don't think this changes anything for them because I wasn't enamored with that team beforehand. That's exactly it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the 76ers I think did Kind of love this for them. <laughs> kind of this is a good job. Like it's I a fine job. Love this like, for them. Kind of like also I'm I'm like also kind of bored by by this deal for them a little bit. Covington, okay, fine. You can replace PJ Tucker a little bit with Covington. Not exactly, not the, with the toughness, but hey, three point shooting. Maybe he can he can be that that kind of three point shooter that they need to space the floor at that spot. Um, they get a bunch of picks. They what what the Sixers do is put themselves in position to make the next move. I think there there are a few a few elements at play here with the Sixers. Number one, obviously, everybody's saying it. Tyrese Maxey was so damn good for them that it, it it made it so you could not threaten to 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 ruin that with James Harden and Harden was kind of like because the league was breathing down their necks Harden was like kind of on the verge of coming back but are you are you a watcher of friends 
No, no, you don't watch Friends either. I made this comparison on my Locked On Celtics podcast. We're talking about how it impacted the Celtics. But there's a scene where uh, where Chandler and Phoebe are like pretending to like be into each other so they can kiss because Phoebe's trying to out Chandler because he's with Monica. I'm not a big Friends guy either, but this makes me sound like a big Friends guy. But they're pretending. They're like, I am going to kiss you now. And she's like, yes, I am also prepared to kiss you now. Okay, so I guess we're going to kiss. And that was what the Sixers and the Harden were doing. Like, I'm prepared to play for you now. Yes, we are excited to have you play for us now. Okay, I'm coming to ramp up. Yeah, okay. That was what it was. And they, But they could never actually go through with it. They could never. Everybody knew it was fake, and they couldn't go through with it. And because Maxie was so good, they were like, we, ha- we, can't, we can't sit him out. We can't send him home. There's the rules prevent all of that now. So the old playbook is out. So Maury was kind of forced into Maxi is too good to screw this up. The league is breathing down our neck. We can't, we can't send him home. We got to make this move for him. We can't play the game of Harden go home until the all-star break or until the trade deadline. And we'll put the pressure on other teams and say, we're willing to wait. So they took this deal which is nothing that they would have normally taken in this kind of circumstance. And they're just like, as, as Matt Moore said, they're pivoting, they're pivoting to telling Joel Embiid, Hey man, just give us some more time. Look at, look at Tyrese Maxey. Take these few months to just work on your chemistry with Tyrese. We promise you, promise you, promise you. We're going to flip all of the stuff that we got and we're going to get you that next guy. Just hang with us, please. And 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 right now, Maury's just hoping that Joel Embiid goes, okay, yeah. I, I don't think that's the wrong play, right? You know, they're they're two and one without James Harden. They look like the third best team in the East, kind of as their ceiling. This doesn't change anything with that, right? Like they were probably right around there if Maxi plays at this level. I don't expect over 30 points per game all season from him, right? But he has looked genuinely very, very good, getting to the line more than we've ever seen from him. He's launching a ton of threes and making them too. Just looks like an overall awesome player. And I think his play just made you think you can still be competitive without James Harden on this roster. So let's give him that starring role. Let's start to think about the future a little bit more so than we have been doing so far. So you give him that kind of high usage rate. It takes some of the pressure off Embiid there because you realize you've got a second guy to run with him. And you get all the the future stuff, right? Like they have tons all of these deals, the four they're getting are all expiring contracts. They can either flip those for other guys or they can just let them expire and potentially have cap space That's to right. go and make a move. So they'll be competitive enough this season and positioned very well in the future. There's there's a phrase here in Louisiana called lanyap, which is just means like a little like something extra. That's kind of what like this trade was for them, right? They were winning without James Harden. So if you can get a little something back, something that might help you, whether that's Rocco, right? Whether that's um, Nick Batum or the future flexibility, you, you may as well. And that's why I think you finally saw this deal get done, right? You know, it seems like the Clippers maybe gave a little bit up more than they should have. They could have continued to play hardball and maybe not included one of the picks or both of the seconds or something like that. But this ends up being, I think, like a, a, a good enough trade for the 76ers when you look at the long game with it and the short game with how Tyrese Maxey is playing and let him see if he be, can become a star. The thing with the Sixers is that they they can kind of float at this point where they are. The yeah, Celtics, exactly. The Celtics and in, in the in the Bucks are still 
the two best teams in the East. And they would have been better even with Harden playing, right? Like this is, it's similar to how we view like the, the, the Clippers where it's like, okay, you know, they are what they are, add this guy to it and whatever. Mm. Here it's like this same thing for, maybe this is more of a Harden thing than anything else, right? You're, you're the same with or without him. So it doesn't ultimately matter. Right. Right. But so you, you tell Joel Embiid, but if I, if I'm sitting and justifying this to Joel, because obviously this, that's the number one thing. The number one thing is justifying this to Joel Embiid and saying, please don't leave me here. I'm, I promise I'm going to be better. You say, if you, if you, if we had Harden, we'd still be third right now. Exactly. You know, so let's kind of hang around. You look, I mean, we're not looking at the standings because it's three, four games in, but Milwaukee and Boston, we're all going to concede for now. Milwaukee and Boston are the, are the top of the East. Philly can say, look, it's us. It's Cleveland. It's New York. We've all got our issues. Cleveland is so banged up. They're starting slow. The Knicks are kind of up and down. There's there's they're starting out two and two. Um, these other teams are kind of like hit or miss. We are good enough. I'm telling you, James, uh, uh, Joel Embiid, we are good enough with Tyrese Maxey. Look at how good he is. And we're good enough with you, the MVP, to just kind of float around here at third, fourth, within striking distance. But at the deadline, I am going to do something. If somebody's available at the deadline, I got you, and we get to make our move. That's your selling point. And if nothing else, Daryl Morey got himself to buy some time. It's the classic movie TV thing where the loan shark is coming at you and he's like, look, I just need another week. And you do something. He's like, I'll give you this much. But if you don't, I'm doubling what you owe me, you know, like that type of thing. So Maury's bought himself some more time, whatever Joel Embiid sets as the deadline to double what, what Maury owes him. That's going to be when he has to make the deal. But this, this deal just bought Maury some more time. But Philly is still good enough with Maxie and Embiid to just kind of give Maury that extra time. Yeah, exactly. I think that's fine. Like, which is fine. This is why I, I, I don't know. Like, for, for all of these teams, both of them, right? I like these trades. I like this trade. I like the Clippers bringing him in for how little I feel he gave up. I like that the Sixers got rid of him and took the long view of things. I just don't think these are like consequential moves no, of, overall. No, no. I, I, if it was anybody else, not named James Harden that had the similar product. If it was Malcolm Brogdon, we wouldn't be doing two podcasts. No, uh, no. You know, yeah. So anyway, so we're moving on. We didn't. We're not going to do a full podcast about him. There we go. We have Victor Wimbledon to talk about. We got the Spurs to talk about, baby. Yeah, and let's go. The Spurs. Ah, oh, the Spurs beat the Phoenix Suns. Oh my God. Um, the San Antonio Spurs are two and two. The Phoenix Suns are also two and two. Oh my God, they're tied. Let's talk about whether this is going to be a quick rebuild in just a second. And I want to thank, I want to thank everybody for making lockdown NBA. Your first listen every day. Hey, lockdown fantasy basketball is a good podcast. Josh Lloyd is a very good podcaster and incredible expert when it comes to fantasy basketball. So what does the Harden trade mean in terms of fantasy? Hmm. Actually, Harden's on my fantasy team, so I'm happy that he's going to finally be playing. There you go. But don't don't that- don't do an auto draft and instead listen to <laughs> Josh Josh Lloyd. Got to listen to Josh Lloyd. He would have told you don't auto draft James Harden. 
so check it out wherever you get this podcast. San Antonio Spurs are two and two. San Antonio Spurs got this win last second, amazing finish uh, to beat the Phoenix Suns. Okay. It's the Phoenix Suns without Devin Booker. It's the Phoenix Suns without Bradley Beal. But hey, man, it's still the Phoenix Suns. And Kevin Durant was on the floor. And it's still a San Antonio Spurs rebuilding. But Keldon Johnson, 27 points, big steal uh, at the end to, to give San Antonio their first and only lead right at the end of the game. Uh, Devin Vassell, 10 fourth quarter points to go out. And, and Vassell is, is making the big extension. He's making a name for himself. The, the Spurs have Vassell now. They got Kellen Johnson. And they got, obviously, Victor Wembanyama. Nine points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and an assist and a couple of blocks. And, you know, a, a putback bucket. Great, great finish to this game for the San Antonio Spurs. A young team coming back, keeping their poise, and coming back is a big deal. So, Jake, I'm going to ask you this question. Because Victor Wembanyama is so good, because you got a guy like Vassell and Keldon Johnson, it's almost like he's okay. He's a little core here. We got a little something cooking here. This Spurs rebuild, we're going to play our 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 weekly game of real or fake. Real or fake? This Spurs rebuild's going to only last two seasons. So that means in in Victor Wembanyama's third season, the Spurs will be among the favorites to win a championship real or fake oh if you're putting that criteria right there at the end i'm going to say it's fake they won't be among the favorites to win the championship i'll say it's real that they'll be like a, a playoff contender not a true title contender so fake on a real content they won't be rebuilding in two years i don't think i think they're going to be like a solid playoff team but i I think they're still a ways away from being like the true like final four like conference finalist type of team so i'll say fake on that but i think they're going to be good you know look there's there's stuff to like here right like keldon johnson with the nice game he's been up and down a little bit but devin vassell as you mentioned got that big contract extension has been very very solid for them i like jeremy sohan i was very high on him coming into the draft and then again it's it's victor Wimbenyama, right who does amazing things at times blocking a kevin durant shot was super cool probably an awesome moment for him he had that dunk in this one too where he switched his hands with it like mid move and everything like he does some things that are just so unbelievably ridiculous and then the other thing to think about with the spurs right where they do have like a stockpile of you know intriguing young talent like malachi branham was a former um just out of the lottery pick former first round pick as well for them they got other picks I got all those picks from Atlanta and who knows what the Hawks are going to be and what they're going to do. In theory, you could package one of these players along with a bunch of other picks and go and get the guy to be the person to be next to Victor Wimbanyama and then make all some of these other names that we've just mentioned more complimentary players and filling out that rotation in the rest of your starting lineup. So there's potential if they make the right kind of trade that they could get into that mix, I guess. Like imagine if like they somehow ended up with like Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. right? You know, Joel Embiid, Victor Wimbanyama, and like two of the names we just mentioned. Like, oh, okay, I'll buy them as a contender. Then. Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's real because I'm a big Spurs believer. I'm a big believer in Spurs 
culture. I'm a big believer in Spurs front office. I'm a big believer in, in Greg Popovich. I know that it's, it's been, um, it's been everybody, everybody says that Eric Spolster has been the, the best coach in the NBA in recent years because their team has won more games than the San Antonio Spurs. But he, Greg Popovich to me is right there with Red Arback as the second best coach of all time. Uh, and you might, you might make the argument that he's, he's, he's at the top. Um, I put him ahead of Phil Jackson. I, that's how highly I, I respect Greg Popovich. I think the Spurs with their ability to scout internationally, I think the Spurs with their ability to develop talent and just the, the greatness that is just bubbling there with Wembenyama. Now it's not there now, right? He's never mind the fact that he's too skinny and he walks in with the slender man costume, just almost making fun of himself. That was great. That was great. Which is great, right? But okay, like the guys on TNT were right. He does make he he does pass a little too casually out of double teams. He um he he makes some great plays, but then Nurkic works him like really works him underneath with an up and under and a, a fake. And and Wembenyama's like in the popcorn popper, and he's just like oh ba ba ba. And so. If if Nurkic is being is able to work him, then he's going to spend this season kind of getting worked by some guys. So we'll see by the end of the season how quickly he learns from that and and doesn't fall for some of that stuff. Still a rookie, still trying to figure out the transition from Europe to the NBA, which is a transition, right? Like the the schedule is different, the style is different, the rules are different. By the end of the year, who knows? We could be changing our tune a little bit, but. I believe in Wimbenyama. I believe in the Spurs. And I believe in 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 guys like Vassell and Johnson as, if not your number two and your number three, guys who can be developed to a point where you can move them to get your number two or number three. That's Meanwhile, it. this season is still going to be a losing season. They're going to get a good draft pick. They're going to start to – I think that a couple of good, couple of good moves draft-wise – a couple of good trades front office wise and Wimbenyama taking two big steps forward, rookie season, learning second season, developing third season. I'm just going to accelerate his process because he's so unique. And I think he's just so talented. I think within three years, the Spurs are, you're going to look at the Spurs as, are they going to be the favorite? No, but if the, I think they're going to be people saying, Hey, look, the Spurs have an opportunity to get to the finals if XYZ happens. Like, I think they're going to be at that level. Yeah. Like, you know, when you lay out that plan, it's like very logical, almost sounds kind of simple <laughs> and they could go kind of go and do it. But no, I'm with you. Like, it makes sense. Like, again, none of these guys I, I fully look at as like, oh, they're going to be a star outside of Wembenyama. But they're nice complementary pieces that would be the centerpiece of a trade with a bunch of other draft picks to go and get those kind of guys. And given that they're the Spurs, right, you're not going to attract big name free agents and free agency doesn't really exist in that sense anymore. The way you're going to rebuild this team and become a contender is either drafting the next one, right, or going and making a trade. 
And yeah. so what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to make a trade. They're not going to use all of those picks from, you know, Atlanta and everything else they have. They're going to probably be aggressive, especially if there is some potential that they know Popovich might be retiring at some point in that somewhat near future. And who knows? Maybe they want him to have one final run, right? You know, one last shot at glory with that sort of thing. So I could see them being a little more aggressive than they've been historically in the past. Look, man, I just I think things work for the Spurs in ways that they don't seem to work for other teams. <laughs> like they tank one season. They just actually say, all right, fine, fine. We'll actually tank. And it's like, oh, it's the Wimbenyama season. Uh, they did it with Tim Duncan. And all of a sudden, like, I just feel like there's a little bit of history repeating itself. And that might be a little bit of the gambler's fallacy going on there. Uh, but there's, there's, I, I, I think the Spurs are the team that, I might respect the most in the league. I think that just from top to bottom, the way their organization is run is, is so top notch that I kind of expect them to figure this out and they're not afraid of making the tough moves. So that's why I think guys being good on their team is good for now. And whether they develop into guys who can be great for them down the road or like I, I just feel like the timing of the answer to the question of Johnson and um, Vassell, whether they're the guys or kind of like maybe not, but the trade piece, those answers coincide with Wembenyama making that next leap. And they'll know, the Spurs will know whether those guys are the guys or not, and they'll be able to make those moves and they'll be able to go get the guy. And here's 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 another part of it, and my final point. Two years from now, teams like Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, all of the expensive second teams apron. are going to second apron their way out of, I don't know. I'm just going to say from Boston's perspective, is Jalen Brown going to be available in a couple of years? Can the Celtics say, Hey, you know what? We got Tatum. We've got Holiday. We got Porzingis. We got Derek White. If we can turn Jalen Brown into Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson, or Kevin Devin Vassell and another piece, build out the bench a little bit, and like maybe that's the move. Maybe it's somebody from Milwaukee. Maybe it's somebody from Phoenix. Maybe it's Bradley Beal. Maybe it's one of those guys. But yeah. Within this time frame for Wimbenyama, the second apron teams are going to get too expensive and good players are going to shake free right when Keldon Johnson, right when Devin Vassell are hitting a point where it's like, uh, I don't know where the contracts are. Maybe, maybe there's like, um, maybe there's, they're not as expensive. Maybe there's a way they can, they, they can fit into it where the expensive teams kind of extend their window, but the Spurs go, here's our number two, or here's our 1A next to Wembenyama. Apparently, I lost Jake there somehow, but we're it's about time to wrap up the show anyway. I'm so, here, yep. Yeah, we're just going to – maybe Jake's like, John, shut up. We're, we're over time. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Every Wednesday, it's us, John Corrales, here from the Lockdown Celtics podcast on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. Share the podcast, subscribe, everybody. 
And if you are a regular listener, an everyday listener, an everyday watcher, share the podcast, spread the word, tell your friends and family they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.